What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, the first story that I have for today is that Francisco Lindor and the Indians have reportedly ended contract extension talks. They've been pretty transparent with each other and the media throughout this whole process. Early in the spring, well, I guess it's still spring, but whatever, you know, in February, both parties made it known that they want to get a deal done. Francisco Lindor addressed the media and he said that, you know, he does like it in Cleveland and he would like to stay in Cleveland, but obviously he's going to also chase as much money as possible. He said that. He was just being honest. And it was actually refreshing to hear him say that because most players aren't as honest as that when they address the media about contract negotiations. They'll give you some, you know, very politically correct response and they'll move on. But Frankie said, and I want to be in Cleveland, but if someone offers me, you know, life-changing amount of money or, you know, more money, I can't turn that down. That's literally what he said. But he also said that he didn't want extension talks to continue after the first few weeks of March so he could focus on the season. And that's exactly what's happening. Now we are, you know, well into March. He wants to focus on the season, so they're going to table the extension talks, at least for now. And... He's, he's being an open book about the situation, but obviously he just saw Christian Yelich get locked up to an extension nine years, 215 recently. But Lindor is going to expect more than that. I mean, he's younger. He has limited injury history, and he also plays shortstop, which is a premium position. It's going to take a lot more than what Yelich got to get Francisco Lindor. And, yeah, he's already said he doesn't believe in a hometown discount. discount so whatever's going to happen is going to happen is what he says. So the team is, he said, if the negotiations or whatever makes sense, it's going to happen. The team is not broke. The league is not broke. There's money. However, if it makes sense for both sides, it's going to happen. If not, it's not going to happen. So, yeah, Lindor knows his value, and I can see him looking for, I mean, he's looking for I mean, at least, at least 300. I mean, let's be honest. He's going to be looking for at least 300. That's the floor for his services, and the floor being like 35 million a year, like something like $300 million on the total, 30, 30, maybe not 35 million a year. That's, that's pretty rich. That's like Mike Trout level, 30 million a year for sure. Like 10 years, 300, I can see him having that as a ballpark figure that he's looking for as a minimum, 10 years, 300. Uh, but whether or not the Indians would be willing to give him that kind of extension, who knows? He might go to free agency and that's where he's going to be able to maximize his value so that's what's going on in Cleveland but they still have two two more years of Mr. Smiles and he's not going anywhere anytime soon they're not going to trade him at least not this year because it just doesn't really make sense but he's he's locked into Cleveland for another two years he's under contract for two more years in other news Michael Conforto tweaked his side making a catch in right field last Friday during a spring training game obviously But he's returning to New York to get, and well, he got an MRI, and he's going back to New York for further evaluation. And this is a bit of a scare for the Mets because, first of all, the Mets always seem to have bad luck with injuries. But Conforto is, you know, definitely a mainstay in their lineup. He's a force for them. I mean, last year he had a career high 33 bombs, 92 ribbies, and an 856 OPS. He's one of the team's best hitters. He's 27 years old. He's right in his prime. And if he misses time, 
you're going to see guys like Jake Marisnik and Dom Smith fill in for him. And in spring training, he's been really good so far. Crawford's been really good. I mean, 6 for 27 with a home run. But he's just one of several Mets outfielders dealing with injuries. I mean, J.D. Davis just returned to the lineup after missing almost two weeks. Yoenis Cespedes is still working his way back from the heel surgeries and ankle fractures that kept him off the field since July 2018. So hopefully the further evaluation that Conforto gets in New York proves to be positive and that he won't have to miss too much time, but who knows. In other news, and other injury news, Justin Verlander, he said that it's probably going to take a miracle for him to make opening day. So he's likely to miss the start of the season with a mild right lat strain. He doesn't have a timetable for a return yet, but that was his guess for the likelihood of healing in time for the opener. And that's, I mean, that's obviously a blow. You're the reigning Cy Young winner. So whenever you're on the shelf, your team is going to reel. They're definitely going to reel. But uh, you're always concerned with a guy of that caliber, which is what GM James Click said. You know, I got to get used to that. It's no longer, uh, you know, Jeffrey Lou now. I have to get used to the new, the new people who are working for the Astros now. But Verlander, he's 37 now. You know, he was removed from Sunday's game against the Mets. He was initially diagnosed with tricep soreness in his right arm. And then an MRI revealed the strain of the lat muscle, which is near the tricep. So I guess it must have been like, you know, his upper tricep. In 2015, Verlander missed the first two months of the season with strained right triceps, and he made his debut June 13 of that year. And then yesterday, he estimated this injury isn't as bad as that last one. He says he feels better than he did then physically. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of feedback he's gotten about lat strains, and he said one of the most important things is how you feel physically, and he's trying to be truthful with himself in this process. Obviously, He's a horse. They need him down the stretch. They're not gonna, not gonna force him back early. And Verlander is a veteran. He knows how to listen to his body. So, I think that's what's gonna happen. He's he's gonna basically tell the club when he's ready, and they'll listen to him because they trust him and he knows what he's doing. So, I mean, how's this gonna affect the Astros rotation? I mean, it's impossible to face Ver, replace Verlander, right? He won the Cy Young and he threw 223 innings and a 2.53 ERA last year. It's it's nearly impossible. But in the short term. You just need to put some innings together. I mean, the three pitchers who were competing for one spot in the rotation are now going to be competing for two. So so Austin Pruitt, Framber Valdez, and Josh James. And I guess you can even look at Brian Abreu, who was impressive in his limited time in the big leagues last year. So two of those guys will make the rotation now instead of just one of those guys. And the Astros are going to need Lance McCullough to return back to form. I mean, he's coming back from injury this year. They're going to need him to get right back at it. You know, Zach Greinke's going to be there for sure at the top of the rotation, but they lost Garrett Cole. So it, it, it could be a bit of a rough, rough start to the year, pitching-wise, for the Astros, but their their lineup is as good as anyone's anyway. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But I think that, obviously, when you lose a Cy Young winner, you're not going to replace him. So you just do your best to piece some innings together and do what you can until he gets back. Moving on to Dodgers camp, Clayton Kershaw was named the opening day starter for the ninth time in his career. You're going to have Walker Bueller pitch game two and Price rounding out the, the third spot in the rotation. And Kirsch apparently has his velocity up this year. I've been hearing things saying that 
He's up to like 93 now, which is up from whatever he was, 90 the past couple of years. Apparently, he went to driveline over the offseason. He's looking a lot better, and his, his velo's up. Obviously, he has everything else. I mean, he, he has literally everything else. He's one of the greatest pitchers of all time. But over the years, he lost velocity, and he's not the same pitcher he used to be. But if he regains some velocity, I mean, he knows how to pitch as well as anyone. That could be... That could be uh, pretty intriguing. I mean, we might see a little bit of a bounce back here, but I'm going to pump the brakes on that. It's just spring training. I mean, everyone looks to be in great shape in spring training. We'll see what happens as the season starts. But, you know, if we get a little bit of a throwback from Kirsch this year, I mean, the Dodgers would be more than happy. They don't even need him to be throwback Kirsch. I mean, it'd be great. They're just so stacked anyway. Mookie Betts was held out of the lineup yesterday. With the logic being that I mean, he's recovering from food poisoning, so they give him two additional days off by holding him out of yesterday's game, and then they have an off day today. But Dave Roberts expressed a little doubt that he'll be ready for Wednesday. But the Dodgers are humming on all cylinders. I mean, they had 14 runs scored yesterday, and 14-2 winning as the Padres. Chris Taylor hit a second bomb of the spring. Edwin Rios had a pair of RBI hits. Alex Wood dialed up three and a third innings of one-run ball against San Diego, allowing three hits, striking out four. So Dodgers are humming on all cylinders, and they are looking ready to go. So those are some updates. That's what we have for now. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.